fresh football takes back with a riveting week of football to discuss. With me almost always, but today is my producer and my Keegan. How are you today, sir? What's up, guys? It's Keegan at KeeganRH. I'm here. I'm doing well. Back in action. We got week the eight, handling. the halfway point coming at you. Halfway, the short end of the halfway point, because technically there's 17 weeks and, you know, eight and week a half. Week 17 is optional. You know, it's like for the some last teams. day of school. Week 17 yeah, is optional like, for some teams. Like, it's probably. Like, you know, it's like, it's there, but it's kind of like, eh, you know, sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, for I think for the Rams, it's not going to matter. Oh. They're the team that, week 16 might be optional for the Rams here. Undefeated alert. There's still one out there. Hey, spoiler alert for a little bit later when we go over uh, the picks. But, hey, I I don't think too many people doubt that the Rams won. But if you're listening, you know, you clearly are in tune with the show. And in order to be more in tune with the show and the takes, follow us on Twitter, at FreshFootball, hashtag FreshFootballTakes. Like Keegan mentioned, follow him, KeeganRH. And you can follow my personal account if you would like, at AQFresh. AQFresh. Anything else to discuss before we just jump right in? Let's do it, man. We got the one-liners again this week, the speed round. Yeah, speed round part two. I like it. I don't know. It might just become a staple, man. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, make sure you give us your thoughts on the speed round using hashtag FreshFootballTakes. See if you guys like it. If you like it, we'll keep it. If if we get some complaints, you know, we'll change it up, take some advice on for how we should handle it from here on out. But for now, I think that, that we liked the speed round. Yeah, I think uh, add us, you know, slide into our DMs and uh, let us know. But we like it. Yeah, absolutely. So just before we get into the one-liners, I will note again that the Chargers, Falcons, Cowboys, and Titans were on a bye. We will not talk about them or give them one-liners here. The quad, the quad bye this past week. Yes, four teams on a bye, as we mentioned. And with that, we will get started. We will just kind of preview or review the the Thursday night game real quick. We'll start there and then head into all of these Sunday games and the Monday game. So, with that, here we go. Speed round. Dolphins at Texans Thursday night. I predicted the Texans to win 24-23. The Texans did win 42-23. See what happened there? 2-4 was flipped to 4-2, and 23 was the same. Like I said, the Texans won, and hey, that's five in a row, and I think that makes them the favorite in the AFC South. Yeah, the Dolphins are a football team that I feel hasn't really gotten any better, any worse in forever. They're just average every single year, and Brocktober continues. Dolphins are garbage. We will move to London, 9.30 a.m. on the Eastern Coast, 6.30 p.m. on the Pacific Coast. The Eagles played the Jags, like we said, in London, second home to the Jags. Uh, I picked the Eagles. They gave me a resounding win. And about the Jags, Blake Bortles isn't the answer, and it seems like Carlos Hyde was not the answer either to fill in with the running back injuries. I'm not sure if this win was as resounding as you say, but but the but it was still a big win overseas against a defense that uh, is still threatening enough to make it a big win in a wide-open NFC East, in my humble opinion, with five division games for the Eagles left to play, which is huge. All right, and moving on then to the standard time games. Uh, Ravens at Panthers. I picked the Panthers at home, and man, they sure did beat those Ravens. Woo. Panthers one-liner, go. 
Yeah, the Panthers uh, have always had the firepower to win ever since they got Cam, it seems. But uh, can he and the defense hold up well enough in a tough division to make a run? And then about the Ravens, this is as inconsistent a team as there is. They are still looking for their identity. They don't know what they want to do. But there was a Lamar Jackson passing touchdown sighting. Broncos Chiefs division game in Arrowhead. I picked the Chiefs. Because why wouldn't I pick the Chiefs? And, of course, they won. And they won because John Elway is the best quarterback on the Broncos roster. Yeah, pretty much. The Chiefs keep rolling ho-hum. I mean, it's just um, almost boring at this point if their offense wasn't so exciting. But uh, will the second-half collapse happen to the Chiefs this year? Or has Andy Reid Mahomes-proofed it? Mahomes-proofed. Another division game, Browns-Steelers. This one was in Pittsburgh. And I would like to give um, you know my thoughts to everybody out there in Pittsburgh that was you know affected by the the tragedy that happened over the weekend. That's really unfortunate, um, but not to just kind of minimize that. But we are a football podcast, so I just wanted to briefly mention that. And here we go. I did pick the here we go Steelers to beat the Browns at home, which which they did, making up for that tie in Week One. And man, those Steelers! It, it's the James Conner show. And that shouldn't change. No, not at all. And um, as well as the Browns, I want to say so long, Hugh. Goodbye, Todd. Godspeed. Thanks for the two wins. Uh, This is probably going to get ugly now for the Browns. Uh, Well, uglier, I guess. Uh, So, yeah. Sorry, Browns. All right. Fans. Seahawks at Lions. This game was in Detroit. I really thought the Seahawks were an upset pick, but it turns out they were a trendy pick. And trendy indeed, as they won. Uh, the Seahawks were led by Chris Carson. You know, who is the first-run running back, Rashad Penny? This is the Chris Carson backfield. Yeah, he looks good. Uh, as for the Lions, this NFC North got a lot more muddled this weekend, and uh, Lions are now newly down a top-tier receiver. So we'll see how that affects them moving forward. Certainly will. Uh Bucks at Bengals in what really might have been the game of the week here. Uh, I did pick the Bengals at home in Cincinnati, and man, did they get lucky and squeak that out. I do, despite the win, think that the Bengals are pretenders with contender pieces. Yeah, and as for the Bucks, um, you know, little little thing called Fitz Magic is back, and it it's may be magic. better than ever. Ooh. Um, it's magic. He shows what these receivers can do, and it's exciting, but I'm not sure if it's sustainable. Jets, Bears, go into the Windy City. I did pick the Bears, and man, I'm smart. The Bears get the win. Uh, Jordan Howard makes a case for, for more looks ahead of Tariq Cohen with his what I'll call breakout game of the year, and Mitchell Trubes continues to do just enough. Yeah, on the other side of the ball... um. They're also dealing with a young quarterback, and uh, they're trying to figure out life with Sam Darnold over on the Jets, and the results are about what's to be expected. Chicago was still a good defense, but, uh, yeah, they're still just finding their way. Back to the division games. Redskins coming to New York to face the Giants, and what a lot of people were picking the Giants to upset. Uh, I saw the truth. Even as a Giants fan, give me the Redskins, and they sure did win. So what do you have to say about your hated rival Giants, Keegan. Yeah, in the end, I mean, it boils down to the fact that the Giants came to town. And um, 
the Redskins can grind games out, and uh, that's, I mean, they're looking legit. Sounds like you were talking a little bit about the Redskins, and not even so much the Giants. But the Giants, there's nothing to talk about there, so we'll continue with the Redskins. Uh, they're turning me into a believer with old man Adrian Peterson all day Peterson and that new look all Alabama defense. Colts Raiders. We'll move on here. This game was in Oakland in the black hole. Uh, I did pick Andrew Luck and the Colts, and again, smart pick by me. This is the most complete team around Andrew Luck. The O-line's been playing better. They have a strong run game. And yeah, this is the most complete Colts-Andrew Luck team. Watch out for the Colts in that division. Uh, As for the Raiders, um, I mean, for what it's worth, if you look really closely, Derek Carr is having a good season amongst the chaos in Oakland. I 100% agree, and I think that that is not a hot take, but people will call it a hot take. Yeah. Derek Carr has been performing. So we'll move to another division game. This is a division game, right, Niners-Cardinals? Absolutely. Absolutely. This game was at home. This was a barn burner of a football game decided in the last 10 seconds uh, by the Cardinals with the passing touchdown from Rosen. Good thing I picked the Cardinals. I was was shitting myself for a second during this game. Um, And again, the Cardinals – was this good enough to start the Leftwich era and make you a believer and confident in this offense? Hmm. Time will tell, I guess. Uh, as for the Niners, uh, Beathard got beat really hard today. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you but, did um, there. Sh- that was funny. But, but this whole season is just unfortunate to watch. Poor Niners. <laughs> so we'll move on to what was equally as close a game uh, Packers Rams this game was held in LA and man I think the Packers should have won this game but they didn't and I sure picked the winner in the Rams because why wouldn't you pick the undefeated team here yeah the Rams uh, prove they can win the close ones too you know the nail biters uh, they stayed undefeated on the season though they did have a little bit of divine intervention in the form of Ty Montgomery speaking of Ty Montgomery you have Aaron Rodgers with two minutes left one timeout, yeah. needing a field yeah. goal. Ty yeah. Montgomery, get the fuck yeah. out of town, even if it's for a 2027th rounder. Oh, foreshadowing. Saints-Vikings, next up on the docket. NFC showdown. Yeah, top dogs in the NFC. I picked the Saints in a 33-30 game, and the Saints did win 30-20. to Ooh. Give me your Vikings take here, Keegan. Well, once again, the passing attack was incredible for the Vikings. Um, Speed round. As it had been this year. Sorry, I lost my place. But unfortunately, a key turnover uh, put the game out of reach in a close one. Poor Adam Thielen. He's been so good, and that, that fumble killed him. Yeah. But the Saints, man, they're so good that they can put three quarterbacks on the field and still beat you. Yeah. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom, I do everything for the Saints Hill. Wow. Monday night football. The New England Patriots traveled up to Buffalo to face the downtrodden Bills in what was a better game than the score shows. I picked the Patriots 31 12. Um, If you subtract six, that was the final score Uh, 25 6 Patriots. Again, I'm a winner here. Yeah, um, once again, 
the Pats were getting beat for the majority of the game. But not by a better team this it time. It just seems like the Pats know how to not lose. You know, And they weren't getting beat by the score. They were getting beat by the defense. And uh, unfortunately, the Bills don't have an offense. But um, yeah, the Pats pull out another one that, like you said, was closer than everyone thought. Yeah, so then the Bills... This is a really good defense, a playoff-worthy defense, if I do say so myself, with a bad offense that still does play hard with the veteran leadership of LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, Shady, I just feel bad for him. There's no quarterback. There's no receivers. There's there's nothing there. Not at all. And that's why they lost that game. They did sign Terrell Pryor. Not that it helped him last week, but they signed him uh, oh, yeah. just after the trade deadline. That's part of our... Uh Hot stove hot discussion, stove. huh? Hey, the hot stove trade discussion. Before we get to that. Oh, yeah. Though, that's coming up. Yeah, we've and some more foreshadowing. Uh, I have to say something here uh, about my fresh football takes. Oh, yeah. Did you notice? Did you guys notice going through the games? All of the uh, all the fresh football picks this week. We're winners. Perfect pick 'em week. Perfect weekend. Fourteen and zero on the week. We got a perfect weekend. Why did I not play a fourteen game parlay in Vegas? I would have been rich. I would have been filthy, stinking rich. Fresh football takes. Fourteen and zero. Fourteen. Fresh football takes is perfect. I guess this is uh. It all culminated to this. It's Dude, a good omen. This is great. Omen. You wanted a better season record, so I think that kind of helps out. Absolutely. A I'm, goose egg in the right column. I am way too. I'm way more excited and proud weekend. of this than I should be. But you know what? I don't give a rat's ass. I was perfect this week. Don't care what anybody says. Look at me go. Look yeah, that's, at me go. That's awesome, man. I did allude to uh, on Twitter to the Fourth and Gold boys. Uh, they do a little bit of pickums. They, they, I think they always pick the Sunday night game and they try to pick an upset. And I alluded to some of them that, hey, their records aren't very good, and they need to start listening to me a bit more. And this is the proof. Got Fourth it. and Gold boys, if you're listening, Andy D, Brian, Fresh Football and John, approved. Listen to Fresh Football Takes, and you will get your picks right. Hot takes. So with the 14-0. and the hottest takes. With 14-0 and 0 on the week, the that hottest. bumps the record up to a very, very nice-looking 77-44-2. Look at Whoa. that. 77-44-2. This is the separation I was looking for, like we said. Yeah, I think you got there. I am perfect. My top five power rankings have also been perfect for the past two weeks. As again, the Rams, the Patriots, the Saints, and the Chiefs in that order didn't lose. No reason to move them. And as you guys know, if you've listened over the past couple weeks to my top fives, there's always kind of been, there's usually been a team on a bye in it. And and that was the Chargers this week at, at my fifth team. And I'm not going to penalize them for not playing this week. You know, I realize that I could probably move my pan- the Panthers up there in the top five at this point, but I'm keeping the Chargers there, at least for now. 
Cool. All right. And now, what do we want to do first? Do we want to get into our uh, hot stove trade conversations, or do we want to get into a phone conversation with the Jaguars fan? Whatever, man. What do you want to do? Let's get this hot stove out of the way. I think we've teased it long enough, and then we'll get into this uh, this phone call here. Hot stove. So just a couple trades. As, as today was the trade deadline, we are recording on Tuesday, October 30th at 8.830. Um, so the trade li- deadline ended about four, four and a half hours ago. And, man, this was the most active trade deadline that the NFL has seen in a while and maybe ever. Yeah, this was a fun one. We had um, a handful of trades that were pretty major and uh, caused some waves around the league. So we will start with um, the Eagles, actually. I want to get your take on this Golden Tate to the Eagles uh, trade when you guys gave up a third-round pick to Detroit. Yeah, that's pretty big. I mean, uh, obviously they felt that the weapons for Carson weren't as strong this year as they were last year. Um, at first glance, it feels a little weird because, you know, um, Golden Tate has become known as a slot receiver and Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews were already there. And the question when they signed Jordan Matthews was whether he was going to interfere in the slot from Nelson Aguilar, who succeeded in it last year. So now you have Golden Tate and it's kind of like, hmm. But then you remember that Golden Tate was a little bit of a field stretcher in Seattle and other than that, he's just an X factor. He's a great player. He's a great receiver. He's great with yards after the catch. He's great with making something out of nothing. He's he's got great hands, and he's just a fast, like mobile target for Wentz. And that's that can't be anything less than exciting. And they obviously like what they see because they paid for him. So yeah, you guys paid paid a premium price for him. And while I I agree, Golden Tate is is a very very good player. Uh, I just think that this was the wrong move for the Eagles. I I really thought that you guys were going to target running back. And I know pre-show we were talking, and you even said, you know, targeting uh, a defensive back such as HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah, it's true. There there were other moves that they could make. But um, that shows me, you know, how he can always close the deal. That shows me there wasn't anything out there that was – worth taking for the price it was at you know yeah i i can't really be mad at it you know i i am you know a little surprised that how i wasn't able to at least seal the deal on something but at the same time i can't really be mad at it because like i trust him after the moves he's made in years past yeah and hey i mean either way adding a talented player to your offense no matter what the position it certainly can't hurt yeah and and like last year they did the same thing and they got jay ajayi and look how that benefited the team so i'm looking at this as like the same sort of of like impact player that comes in and really makes a difference. Hey, I'm I'm sure you certainly hope so. So I guess we will move on to the um, previously mentioned haha Clinton Dix going to the rival of the Eagles, the Washington Redskins. And again, this might have been I like the move for the Redskins. Haha Clinton Dix is a phenomenal safety, but 
you think maybe they should have went receiver. Maybe they should have got Golden Tate and the Eagles should have got Clinton Dix. Yeah, we said that before the taping that maybe they should have switched moves and I don't think anyone would have been upset. But Not at all. But but, but looking at it as they are, they yeah, are two pretty solid moves for each team. They, yeah, we they have to discuss it for a big part of their team. You know? Have to discuss it for what it is. And yeah, and yeah I, I think that this move just solidifies that Redskins defense even more and gives them yet another Alabama piece. Like I said in our speed round, this is a an all-Alabama defense, and this is the fifth piece that they have from that defense down there in Alabama. Yeah, they must like something about them. Yeah, so I saw today um, a stat about Clinton Dix. Um, him and DJ Swearinger, I think, are like the top two rated safeties so far throughout the season, and now they're both suiting up. For the Washington yeah, they Redskins. might be two and three. I think I remember seeing two and three. They're PFF. two of the top then. Yeah. We'll say that. They're two yeah, of the top. Top three, top five, whatever. It's pretty impressive. Either way, that's a phenomenal yeah, secondary. Like I said in the rundown, the, the uh, Redskins' defense is at least legit. Their offense is scuffling, but but like I said in the one-liner, they grind it down against any opponent, and that's why they're five and two. So they have a recipe that works, and they just got better. Yeah. They they absolutely yeah maybe this was the move to get that um defense to the next level just so that the offense can just run through Adrian Peterson like you said just grind out games yeah yeah the Jags recipe might be working for the Redskins this year yeah this is why these um, front offices get paid the big bucks and I talk about it for free so we'll see if it works yeah they kind of shifted you know everyone was surprised they moved Kirk Cousins but they kind of shifted to that run heavy defensive team. And we weren't even realizing it because we were like, hey, man, they why'd were you on let to Kirk something, maybe they were on to something. Alex Smith, uh, a known game manager, you know, just making sure he doesn't turn the ball over. So, hey, there it is. Could happen. Next trade we're going to discuss is a very interesting one. Uh, I think it's a good move for both teams, but I say it's interesting because they actually play each other this week. Demarius Thomas of the Denver Broncos. Uh, is going down to Houston to play for the Texans. And I believe that the Texans gave up a fourth-round pick for him. Like I said, I think the timing is interesting just because they play each other this week. Yeah, this was a need for the Texans after uh, Will Fuller, unfortunately, tore his uh, ACL. Oof, that hurts. Um, yeah, literally man, there's so many torn ACLs. We, we got to invent some bionic ACLs right now because it's just unfortunate to lose players like – Will Fuller, Jimmy Garoppolo, McKinnon, all the people we've lost. Sounds like I'm talking about death, but yeah, but but, hey, but no, yeah, um, death for the season. So the Texans needed or had a need at receiver. The Broncos were obviously had a surplus know, shopping Demarius Thomas, and they obviously like what they see in Cortland Sutton. So it just made sense. Yeah, like like we said, this is a good move for the Texans. Gives them another another uh, big play receiver out there. And and for the Broncos, it gives them an extra fourth-round pick, and it gives them some more reps to give to Cortland Sutton, which they really, really like. Yeah, him and him and Emmanuel Sanders are going to tear it up now. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, they already kind of have been, but, like, there's just more targets to go around, and I think they were good with having those two. And then Philip Lindsay's just been phenomenal. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I don't think they're worried at all with that offense. I think they could. They knew they could afford to let Demarius go and still have a pretty, pretty solid group of players. Yeah. And with this next trade here, the uh, the rich keep getting richer. 
Dante Fowler, top three pick a few years ago, goes to the Rams for a third-round pick in the 2019 draft and a fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft. Wow. The Rams are all in, and, I mean, as they should be. You know, they're 7-0. They're and oh. Yeah, the rich get eight rich. 8-0. Oh. The rich get eight richer, oh? like you said. Yeah, we're halfway through. They haven't had a eight buy no, yet. Yeah, they haven't had their buy yet. 8-0. 8-0. Oh. Oh. So they're clearly all in on this season, and, and this is a move to just re, re, re-confirm that. Yeah, the Rams look unstoppable. Could yeah. be 16-0, like I said l- last time. 19-0 we also alluded to as well. You Shit. did anyway. Who knows? So, yeah, this is, you know, just gives them another piece on defense to, you know, actually that, that defense has been looking a, a little porous as of late. So maybe this was a move to give them some more depth and, and to try to shore that defense up with uh, Aqib Tlaib out. I know different position, but... You know, when, when your secondary is banged up, adding a pass rusher does help the secondary as well. Yeah, that's true. There have been a couple of shootouts with the Rams involved lately. And, um, yeah, they just bolstered uh, bolstered it up. With our final trade, again, like I, I alluded to this in the speed round, get rid of Ty Montgomery, even if it's for a 2020 seventh-round pick and – that's exactly what happened, and the Ravens were willing to give up that pick to give them another weapon on offense, a, I think a needed weapon for them. Yeah, there was a bunch of things involved with this, it feels like, I don't know, just the play and stuff like we were talking about, but um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to wonder if the Ravens didn't offer if they would have kept him or not, or if they just would have cut him out right. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that the Packers – were especially after that fumble and then and, and oh man that was a mess I think that they were just looking to move on uh, some of Ty Montgomery's comments after the game um, showed I think that he was trying to move on too and he said he just really wasn't sure what his role was how he was supposed to help this team or the Packers anyway so I think they were both just trying to move on and the Packers hey I guess it's better to get a seventh round pick two years from now than to just cut him loose for nothing. Yeah, if anything, what surprises me most about this is um, how Alex Collins has just been so up and down this season. And obviously it was bad enough that they felt like they needed to bolster that position. Um, Because, you know, it really felt like the Ravens thought they had a good thing with Alex Collins and Buck Allen, you know, this year. But Collins has just fumbled like every other game, it seems. And uh, he just really has a problem with that. Like, usually people overplay fumbles. I feel because it's like, okay, a lot of the times the defender just makes a good play. Like, how are yeah. you supposed to hold on to the football when the guy's punching the ball out of your hand? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes it's usually just you can't I'm help like it. sort of against the criticism of like, oh, this guy fumbles a lot because a lot of it's just like a good play on the other side. But Alex Collins really had a problem, and it's obvious that the front office thought that something had to be done. So, yeah, and this might even be, you know, how speaking to how they feel about Buck Allen you know I know it's a guy for the past two or three years they've they seem to have trusted with the he with the passing a, role yeah he excels in a complimentary role I still think he'll be a part of it you know but but that was Ty Montgomery's role with the Packers was, so uh, that was the passing yeah so that's something where it seems like it might conflict but maybe they shift Ty Montgomery back to more of a bell cow role because they have Buck Allen, or like interchange the two. There's a lot they can do. They're two very talented players. So. Or maybe they 
the Ravens move Ty Montgomery back out wide at times. Remember, he's a converted wide receiver, so yeah, maybe they true. play him some more at wide receiver. Just you know, I you know the John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, and they're all fine players, but I think that they could probably use another receiver. And right. maybe this was a move that they made because hey, Ty Montgomery is a guy that could play both positions, running back and yeah. receiver. Yeah, I'm talking down on Alex Collins, but theoretically they could have all three players out on the field at the same time if they want. <laughs> Absolutely, and and. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And those were the five main trades. I know that there was a couple more, like Hyde to the Jags and Cooper to yeah, the earlier to the Cowboys sort of earlier. But just kind of wanted to focus on the on the deadline trades and here. the signing. I don't know if we mentioned that earlier. The the Bills signing Terrell. Pryor. Oh yeah, yeah, I think yeah. You did, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned that. So I, that I, really I think just at the trade, end of the speed round. But yeah, that'll help the Bills. But yeah, now that the uh, the hot stove has been turned off. If oh you yeah, will. dude, that was gonna burn. Let's get into this um this phone call here with this Jaguars fan. Oh yeah, I don't know if we mentioned we had a phone interview coming up. Ever. I think <laughs> I think I I mentioned it when I was tossing around putting it in before or after the hot stove, and yeah. we decided on after. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get right into that uh that phone call with the uh, with who though? Oh, with my. <laughs> well, you'll hear it in a second. <laughs> All right, and on the phone with me now is a longtime friend, longtime football watching buddy, and Jaguars fan who suffered for many years. 07 was a good year for him. Last year was a good year for him, and and I think he's hoping that this year kind of turns around and and is a pretty decent year for the Jaguars. But without further ado, um, here is my friend Andy, co-host of the Fourth and Gold podcast. How you doing, man? Fresh, long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, here to talk some Jags, and oh. you know I'm, I'm excited that you guys are having me. Of course, man. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. It just seems like our schedules haven't quite worked out, but hey, here we are, and what a time to, to have you on. Then the middle of the season when the Jags are looking like they're almost teetering on the edge here. Oh, it's not almost. They definitely are teetering on the edge. All right. Uh you know, my opinion my opinion on why you guys are teetering on the edge, and I have a feeling you're going to disagree with me here. So let me have it. Blake Bortles is not the answer. Oof. You know, man, Blake Bortles, he's easy to blame, right? He's, he's the scapegoat. He came out and he came out and he said it. Yeah, he knows it. But if you watch the game, in the London game last week, he had a beautiful pass to Dante Moncrief. Didn't even go for it. Keelan Cole, somebody take the bricks to that guy's hand. DJ Chark could not obviously be a rookie anymore. Like he's just he's not getting a lot of help. We're down to our it was our between our third string left tackle or picking up Eric Flowers from the Giants, who nobody wants on their team. Yo, have fun and with him. Leonard Fournette is gone. Like it's easy to blame Blake Bortles and not see the big picture. Yeah, I could see that. I just. Uh... I don't know, man. I know last year he obviously had the best year of his career. He was a pretty solid quarterback last year, but it just looks like he's regressing this year just as like an outsider watching the games. But I don't know. I just I, I think that you guys need to seriously reconsider your quarterback of the future here. Do you? I think we could definitely upgrade. Like I'm not going to dispute that. He's not a top five quarterback in the league. But I think it's just – People point to the Jaguars and they say, oh, Bortles is the problem. And they don't say anything about Moncrief. They don't say anything about Fournette. They don't 
anything about the offensive line. Uh, you know, they think the defense is going to go three and out every play, and that's just not the reality of it. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you on the Fournette situation. He's he's really kind of let you down, but I think that that's almost overshadowed because TJ Yeldon has been playing out of his mind in his absence. He's also hurt. Fun fact, TJ Yeldon's playing hurt. Is he? I didn't even know that. Maybe that's why you guys <laughs> traded for Hyde. Exactly. Nobody knows he's hurt. Ooh. How do you see that uh, backfield situation uh, shaking out once everybody's fully healthy? I think that the Jaguars signing Carlos Hyde was a short-term Band-Aid. It wasn't bad. He can fill in for Fournette, but it makes me sad because it is the final nail in the coffin telling me that TJ Yeldon is not going to be back next year. So you think that the writing on the wall is for Yeldon here? Listen, man, the Jaguars, that defense is expensive, right? Oh, yeah. And so in order to bring them all back, what they need to do is they need to, they need to make room for some pieces. And so obviously, you know, get into later, let him go. Uh, they, you know, TJ Yeldon, they're not bringing back Hyde, Fournette, and Yeldon. So the odd man out right now is, is TJ Yeldon. Uh, don't be surprised if Clayus Campbell isn't on the roster next year. So, like I said, bringing in, bringing in uh, Hyde was just it, – it's the final nail in the coffin for Yeldon. Look for him in a different color uniform next year. I don't, I don't think Hyde's on the roster next year. That's my personal opinion. Maybe Hyde and Yeldon are both gone, and they look for another, uh, another backup running back there. How do you feel about that? I'm a big Corey Grant fan. I think okay. he's the type of player – um, you know, he's not, he's not an every down back. He'll never, ever make it on a team starting, but he's a good gadget play guy. He's a good third down passing back. He's so fast. He's so elusive. So, you know, give me Fournette and Grant all day. Maybe, maybe like a Corey Clement or even an Austin Eckler out there in, uh, for the Chargers. Yeah. Austin Eckler, Darren Sproles. I think those are all good, good comparisons for Corey Grant. Okay. And we touched on this expensive defense a little bit. That's, I think, at least the past couple weeks, and especially against Dallas, really just underperformed. Yeah, without a doubt. So do you think that they're going to step it back up? Do you think that, you know, they're just going to, you know, this might be the demise of this team. This might be a Seattle Legion of Boom defense situation where, you know, they were awesome for a year or two, probably the top defense for a year or two without question. But then they slowly just kind of fell apart. They have a lot of growing up to do. My theory is that all they saw was the Patriots game, right? Right. And all they cared about was beating the Patriots. And they did that. A little bit of and, revenge. Yeah. And so, but then after that, you know, they forgot that there's a whole regular season before you get to the playoffs. And so they're young, they're full of swagger. Uh, you know, they beat, they beat the Patriots, which is probably, you know, They'll never admit it, but that's what every guy in that defense wanted to do. Oh, for sure. And a little bit of a playoff hangover, right? Like they just all they cared about was beating the Patriots and making it to the playoffs again. And they they they're starting to realize that eight and eight isn't going to cut it in this division this year. Oh, definitely not, especially with the uh, the Texans winning five in a row. But uh, we'll digress on them and, and just kind of stick to the Jaguars here. Um, Dante Fowler, keeping with the defense then as well, um, is gone. He maybe was a guy that, that could have helped, but in, in my opinion, I think he underperformed a little bit for being the, what, the third overall pick a few years ago? Yeah, he was he was the third overall pick, and I like to think of that as more like an Aaron Rodgers or Derrick Henry comparison where, 
you know, you let the guys sit on the bench and get just a couple snaps and learn from the veterans. And so I think having Yannick Ngakwe, who is way better than Dante Fowler, you know, they hit on him late in the third round. Um, but, you know, him and Clay Campbell, they had him behind those guys. And, and I disagree. I don't think he was a disappointment. Dante Fowler wasn't starting. He only saw the field on third down. He only saw the field in special packages or obvious passing situations. And, you know, for him to register eight sacks, he made some huge plays in the Patriots game last year. Don't forget about that. Give credit where credit is due. But I think they were going to let him walk. So for the Jaguars to get a third and a fifth out of him when they were just going to let him walk at the end of the year anyway, you know, I can't be mad about that. Yeah, I think that that's a really good haul for a player that, you know, I think was a bit of a disappointment. But you obviously following the Jaguars a little more in depth than me um, just was almost expendable. And, and was going to be gone anyway. So, yeah, like you said, you might as well get something instead of nothing at the end of the year. Maybe maybe a compensatory pick, but I don't know, just because he wasn't getting the snaps. So maybe the compensatory pick formula, whatever that may be, wouldn't have given you guys really a great pick of anything. But now it's really, I mean, it's really time to see what our first-round pick, Taven Bryan, this year is made of, right? Leaving Dante, getting rid of Dante Fowler really opens the door for him. So is Taven Bryan a first-round pick? Like, we're going to find out the back half of this season. Yeah, I guess it lets him uh, stay on the field then for those third-down passing situations. Like you said, see if he can step up and, and really be a three-down player on the defensive line for you guys. And and by getting rid of, you know, Dante Fowler, Calais Campbell is, is getting old, but this young defense needs a veteran presence in the locker room. And with Paul Pazlesny retiring last year, like, I think Calais Campbell is that guy. Right, even if Calais Campbell isn't producing, you know, the type of stats he was he was producing last year, like just give me that man in the locker room with you know the the personalities like Jalen and Boye and Yan and Talvin Smith, like they need a Calais Campbell in that locker room. Yeah, sometimes and and I definitely agree with you there. Sometimes it just seems like. Um, even if a player is not performing, you know, up to his standard or as well as he was, um, sometimes just that veteran leadership is is so invaluable and, and just irreplaceable. So I definitely agree with you. Clay's Campbell is definitely that man for you guys. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, so with the state of the Jaguars now, um, teetering on the edge here, um, three and five, you guys really need to pick it up. Do you... Do you regret not going out and buying somebody at the deadline, such as maybe a, a big receiver uh, weapon there for Blake Bortles? Yeah, I would have loved to get a receiver, right? Like, Houston got Demarius Thomas today for a fourth-round pick. The Eagles got Golden Tate for a third-round pick. Those were trades I would have been willing to make as a Jaguars fan because, you know, as we were, we were talking about earlier, Blake Bortles, he gets the rap, but, like, like I said, like Dante Moncrief isn't doing anything. Keelan Cole isn't doing anything. D.D. Westbrook is statistically our most reliable receiver. He's hauling in like 69% of targets right now. And D.D. Westbrook's playing the slot. Like that can't, he's not Larry Fitzgerald. That can't be your number one receiver. So, you know, it, it's easy to hate on Bortles, but I think with some help, like maybe we're, we're having a different conversation about Bortles. Yeah, that's so. true. You know, last year it, you know, I, I know that you guys have had a lot of turnover at the receiver position from last year to this year, but last year it, it seemed like he was at least getting that help. You know, Keelan Cole um, throughout the second half of the season, the playoff run really stepped up for you guys. 
And it's just like you said, he's not doing it this year. So you're right. Maybe if, if the receivers play better, there's a little bit more help with the offensive line. Um, maybe maybe this is a different conversation, but unfortunately this is the uh, this is the reality in the state of the Jaguars. Yeah, and Nathaniel Hackett isn't helping either, right? Like he's not playing to Blake Bortles' strengths. Like even look at the Eagles game this this past week. It was what they had two yards to go, and they threw the ball three times. Like that just makes sense, right? You just traded for Carlos Hyde, and you're gonna throw the. You need two yards. You're gonna throw the ball three times. They ran the ball eight times in the second half. That's not how you win football games. And when no. Blake Bortles throws the ball 46 times and you run the ball 12 times, like, no shit Blake Bortles isn't doing well. Yeah, that's not that's not the formula the Jaguars wanted, especially when they drafted Leonard Fournette with the fourth overall pick. You know, he's yeah. he's the guy they built the offense around. Um, when he went down, you know, Yeldon was doing well for a while, but I guess he was hurt, like you said. So then you, you know, I don't want to say panic, but you know, trade for a guy in Carlos Hyde that you think can, you know, probably isn't going to be as good as Fournette what is when healthy, but a guy that can fill that role pretty well. Should be able to get two yards on three drives. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. And and, and, and Hackett, it's not a knock on Hyde. Hackett didn't give him the opportunity. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I, I would think that in three tries, Carlos Hyde can get two yards. Yeah, yeah. So... so like, I, I firmly believe that Bortles' ceiling is the playoffs last year, right? He he ran for, what, 87 yards against Buffalo. He balled out against the Steelers. He played a hell of a game against the Patriots. Like, that's Bortles' ceiling when you put the pieces around him and you let him play. But, you know, this year, you know, they're they're throwing the ball too much. Like, unless you have Aaron Rodgers or Don Brady under center, like, you have no business throwing the ball 46 times. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. So, I guess sticking with Blake Bortles here again, do you regret taking him with a third pick? Or do you think that it was a good pick? Do you think you should have went somewhere else in that draft? You know, what's your take? So, this is funny because we were together. You remember, Q? We were, we were together during this draft. And uh, if, I, if memory serves, I I'm sorry, what was that, bud? I think we lost you for a split second. You want to repeat that? I know we were at the, this draft together. We were watching it, and then we lost you. All right, so we were we watched this draft together, mm-hmm. and if memory serves, I, I chugged my beer, I slammed it down, and I took a lap around the block. I was pissed. Okay. And uh, that's Bortles. Right now, it, Bortles is my quarterback, right? Like, he's he's probably one of the most relatable and humble guys in the league. I agree. Like you can't even you can't even argue that. Bortles is just Bortles is someone you Yeah, his ceiling is definitely the playoffs last season. I I, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, and three, you know, his receivers like I was having this debate with uh Jordan, a good friend of the the fourth and gold podcast. We were saying, you know, I, I compared him to Andy Dolan or Jay Cutler, right? Like, I think that's where Bortles can end up. But Jay Cutler had Brandon Marshall, and Andy Dolan is A.J. Green. Blake Bortles doesn't have that player. When Blake Bortles had Allen Robinson in his prime, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns both had 1,000-yard seasons. Yeah, maybe looking, you know, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but maybe a little bit of a mistake not, uh, not re-signing Allen Robinson and just letting him go. Yeah, I was pretty pissed about that. Put that on the record. 
Um, so On the record. To answer, to answer your original question, like. <laughs> Uh, hang on, Andy. We got to take a five-second pause because I lost you when you were getting back to the original question. Alright. Uh, yeah, so getting back to the original question and then just kind of pick it back up. Alright, so, so getting back to the original question of am I upset about where they took Blake Bortles, the answer is no. Because if you put Blake Bortles with the right pieces, like, if Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, Blake Bortles can win a Super Bowl. Anyone could win a Super Bowl if Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, right. Put me under center, coach. Like, I'll throw it five times. Let the defense ball out. Like, you know, so, no, I'm not I'm not upset. And I don't want to see them get rid of Blake Bortles. I want to see them put the pieces around that he needs to succeed. Like, right now, the game plan of the Jacksonville Jaguars is to get up, run the ball, and play defense. And that's... That's not working right now, but it's what they're they're still grasping at straws for that. Yeah. No, they definitely are. So, with all of that said, and taking everything into consideration, uh, with the pieces they have now, obviously the trade deadline's over. So, you know, this is pretty much the team the rest of the year unless they cut somebody, you know, promote someone from the practice roster, get someone, you know, free agents, what have you. Um What's your honest opinion on the Jaguars' rest of the season? Where do you think they finish their record, playoffs or not? You know, what say you? Uh, this is tough because in 96, when the Jaguars had that Cinderella season, they started 3-5, and five, they finished 6-2, and two, and they ended up making the AFC Championship game. Um, Tom Coughlin, gotta love him. Doug Marone, the hell of a head coach. Um, so... You know, I think they could go 9-7 and seven again. Is that enough to win the division? Probably not. I'm probably going to give that to the Texans. Uh, but can the Jaguars make the wild card? again, And I'd be okay with If I think they could, they could make the playoffs... I, I think they could. So you think that the Jaguars could make the playoffs? I think... The Chiefs... The Chiefs and... Uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers definitely are probably looking at, you know, one of them winning the division and, you know, one of them uh, making the wild card as well. So, you know, they're, you know, they're taking up a wild card spot, but I think that other wild card could probably come from the AFC South. Interesting. I, personally speaking, I, I think it's a quite an uphill battle for the Jags to make the playoffs, but, hey, I guess that's why they play the game, right? Anything can happen. Hey, the Bills made the playoffs last year, so anything can happen. Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think they can go 6-2. and two. They can go 6-2. and two. All right. Well... Actually, I want to, while we're here, I want to, ooh, never mind. I wanted to get your pick for them this week, but they're on a bye, so they do have a week to recoup. They are. They are indeed on a bye, which couldn't have come at a better time. I thought the Eagles game was a must-win, you know, go 4-4 four and four into the bye. Uh, I would have been feeling pretty comfortable. I am sweating a little bit, you know, I'm not going to lie right now. 
Uh, I am sweating. I don't really like three and five. I think there's no one worth tanking for, right? Like this draft. Yeah, hey. Like you said, nobody quite worth tanking for. I guess if you if you don't feel like a, a quarterback change is warranted, so yeah, you might as well fight for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't even I don't even think that there's a quarterback worth tanking for. Like and you know, people are saying trade for Bridgewater. If the Saints win the Super Bowl, Drew Brees is retired, so Bridgewater ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I think Bridgewater's off the market. I think the Saints traded a third round pick for him. They're gonna hold him until it's his turn to be the future of the Saints. I agree. Yeah, so I guess Bortles, it, it's, it's, he's the quarterback. Like we've been saying this whole time, he's a quarterback. He's easy to blame him. Everything's his fault. And, you know, that's what he gets paid. He gets paid to be the scapegoat. So, you know, he, he's not Cam Newton. He's not throwing hissy fits with the media. You know, he's handling it with grace. And, you know, I think that's just that speaks to why I like him even more, you know. So, so keep Bortles, put some pieces around him, do what you got to do with the defense, you know, keep – Keep Barry Church. We got uh, Ron. We got a uh, Harrison. We're gonna have Taven Bryan. So the defensive pieces are still there, even with the guys walking. Give Bortles what he needs to succeed, and then you know reevaluate it in a couple years. All right. Well. Uh, I guess if that's it, then that's all. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that maybe we didn't cover about your uh, beloved Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, no, no. I just I, I want people to see the big picture before they throw Bortles under the bus. It's you know people read the stat lines and it's you know the numbers never lie. Don't get me wrong, but like I said, when you're throwing the ball forty six times a game and running the ball twelve times a game, like maybe it's not all Bortles. Yeah, maybe it's just kind of some coaching there at that point. I I could definitely see that, and I think that you were probably a, a better person than most to shed some light on the true state of the Jaguars being such an avid fan that you are. Yeah, not going to find a bigger Jags fan than me. No, I, I don't know if I'll find any other Jags fan other than you. No. But hey, before I let you go, why don't you uh, why don't you plug your podcast here a little bit? Give the listeners uh, a little brief synopsis on what you guys do over there at Fourth and Gold. Yeah, so when you're done listening to your, your Fresh Football Takes podcast and you're thinking, man, i got another hour to kill, you can find the Fourth and Gold podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, most other podcasting services. Uh, you know, we sort of switch it every other episode is a football podcast, and then we switch it to the fantasy football podcast. We like to make fun of each other a little bit. We got some gambling tips in there. Uh, you know, it's sort of your one-stop shop for all your football and fantasy football needs. But again, that's only after you listen to the fresh football takes. There you have it, folks. So when you're done listening to this podcast, hop over to all of the same platforms as as fourth and gold and fresh football takes. We're we're on the same platforms here. So once you're done listening to us here. You know, just flip it over and listen to some uh, fourth and gold. Thanks so much for uh, for joining the show, Andy, and go Jags. Duval till we die. Duval till we die or cry, whichever comes first. <laughs> Good talking to you, buddy. I'll, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. You there. All right, bye-bye. Uh, once again, I would just like to thank Andy for coming on the show. It was a little bit of a last-minute notice for him, so I, I appreciate him cutting out some time for us here and 
like we've said on the phone, he knows more about the Jaguars than I feel like a lot of people do. So And fix your Bluetooth. Yeah. Agreed. Fix that Bluetooth there, buddy. But anyways, we'll move on to the, the final segment here, the Thursday night preview. This is gonna be one and seven Ugh. versus one and six, one and seven. Ugh. Two how did wins this combined turn out this way. You know, I, I love how interesting it is when like the actual season plays out because you can see how they in make the, the schedule. Season, this felt like a great matchup: Garoppolo oh, yeah. versus Carr, McKinnon versus uh, Marshawn Lynch. You know, all these great Ooh. matchups in the preseason. This was looking like a great and matchup. Now you have Bethard versus Derek Carr in a bag of chips. You know, like it's it's crazy. Two wins combined yeah. for these teams. It's bad. It Give is me the Raiders. It though. is in San Francisco. Give me the Raiders. C.J. Beathard's not playing, I've heard. Or there's a Wait, you correction. Me? I got an update that there it's going to be a challenge for C.J. Beathard to play. Interesting. Who's their third string quarterback? Honestly, should I they just cancel have, this game? I have no idea who their third string quarterback is. Yeah, I'm going to check on that for you, but I don't know if I'm going to find anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't knows? know if the world knows. Who it might just be their punter. They a might lot have to of times, make a emergency trade just to play this game. Well, they should have did that about four and a half hours ago. Yeah, they missed their window. They did miss their window, but you know, hey, both of these teams are pretty beat up. Uh, maybe that third string quarterback, whoever he is, can surprise some people against this Raiders defense that is the worst defense in the league. The Niners defense, though, isn't much better, and, and Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than whoever the third-string guy is for the Niners. But Derek Carr yeah. is a lack of weapons at this point. Like we've said, they they traded Cooper. Um, I know that they still have Jordy Nelson. Um, but Jordy Nelson, Jared Cook, Martavis Bryant. Are they the ones that have Brandon LaFell? Yes, Brandon they also LaFell. have Brandon LaFell. Doug Bogle, Martin, Doug Dougie Martin, Doug Barton, Doug Martin, and Jalen Richard. Ugh. You know, talking about it, they have, I guess, more weapons than I gave them credit for, but still not very much. Yeah. I mean, they have like name value weapons, but they haven't been good. Jordy Nelson's year. had his <laughs> games. I I still think Jordy Nelson is. Oh yeah. Very talented. He's just it's just a shame that he's on such a bad team the system just seems bad and gruden i don't know about john gruden well we have nine and a half years left nine and a half years and 95 million dollars worth of john gruden to watch with this oakland raiders team yeah this is gonna be bad niners are actually favored to win who's favored to win niners are they really that's probably just because of the home yeah probably because they're at home God. Looks like I've got an upset here. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Yeah. At least. And I'm going with the Raiders because at least they've been able to score points this season. Yeah, and they have their starting quarterback. Not their third string quarterback. Yeah, either second or possibly third string quarterback mystery man over there. So while it's, it's ugly and I don't like it and it's just super ugly, I'm going with the Raiders to hopefully kick off another perfect week, but I don't want to rely on the Raiders to do that. But I also wasn't going to rely on the 49ers with unnamed third-string quarterback. Yeah, you can't do that. I cannot. So 
Do we have any update on that guy's name, by the way, before we close out oh, the no, show? I, I literally couldn't find anything. <laughs> oh, no. No rosters, no nothing. Wow. Jeez. The quarterbackless 49ers are going to be taken down by the Raiders if, if my prediction is correct. And, hey, if we're going to go off of last week, then we'll say that I'm right. Yeah. I mean, who really knows when it's all said and done, you know? Who knows? Did we mention the bye teams? Football is a game to be played. Oh, no, you can list them. Yeah, so the teams on a bye this week are the Giants, the Colts, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Jaguars, and the Eagles. Bye, apocalypse. Six teams on a bye this week. Gross. Making only 13 games and... We've already covered one, so only 12 on the next show coming out later this week. Nick Mullins. The Nameless is no longer nameless. The Nameless is named. Nick Mullins is might be the starting quarterback this Thursday. Poor. Wow. Oh, no. Wow. On that note. This season's been good, but it's also been really bad for a couple of teams. And these are two of them. Yeah, this poor and they're in the same game. <laughs> these poor Thursday night viewers. This is... Poor Joe Buck. He's been flying back and forth from the World Series to these Thursday night football games that have mostly been kind of crap. <laughs> well, it's a good thing the World Series is over for him. A little less travel for that guy. Yeah, the m- but he's probably not complaining about the money either. But You know, I'll be tuning into this game. This will probably be a lower... Um, game as far as the TV ratings go but me I'll be tuning in because I love fucking football we love football don't you know it we love football don't you know oh oh it even if it's two shitty teams